Welcome builders from Lakeland, Florida. This is the Build Your Success Leadership Podcast with your host, Brian Brogen. We're going to empower and equip you to build yourself and then build others. Now, let's build up with your host, Brian Brogen. Hello, builders. Welcome to the Build Your Success Podcast today. We are grateful that you came to listen to this podcast. We've got a great episode planned for you. Here at the Build Your Success Podcast, we like to build you so you can build others. We hope you're building a team, building a business, or just building yourself in general. We want you to build yourself so you can build others. We do that through our training, coaching, and events. We also do that with our special guest here on the podcast. I am grateful today to have Mark Kinney on the podcast. Mark is an author, keynote speaker, and he works with leaders who want to eliminate territorial thinking. We're going to ask him about that territorial thinking here in a minute. Create unstoppable strategic alignment and build a stronger leadership team. For over 25 years, he has worked to improve the results of teams in hundreds of organizations, originally in IT and operations, and later in keynote speaking and consulting. Mark is the author of The Hippo Solution, Eliminate Territorial Thinking and Unleash the Power of Teams. Mark has a passion for teamwork and it extends beyond the workplace as a high school basketball coach and volunteer leader. Mark is a member of the National Speakers Association, an aviation enthusiast, we have that in common, and an avid basketball player and a lifelong Green Bay Packer fan. Mark lives outside of Nashville, Tennessee with his wife, daughter, and three adult sons. Mark, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for having me. It is great to have you here today. I, you know, I just caught that aviation piece. Are you a pilot or just like aviation? I almost went into that as a career. I got my private pilot's license and my instrument rating back in college. I haven't done it for years, but it's still sort of that uh, a passion inside, which I understand you can relate to. I saw you had, was it the 100-hour pilot? Is that the, the book that you wrote? I did write the book. So as I, I decided to become a pilot at 40 to, to, to fulfill a lifelong dream. I'd always wanted to be a pilot. We got photos of me at air, air shows and things at four and five years old. And um, so I did at 40 years old, I decided I'm going to finally do this. And while I was doing it, I wanted a book that talked about the experience and I couldn't find one. So I wrote one and uh, I, I'm not an, I'm not an author. I'm not a writer, but I decided to do that. And it was a great experience. So since you've, you've mentioned that, I'll just tell the, the listeners, they can find that at Amazon. It's the 100 hour pilot. If you're not a pilot, don't like aviation, there is an analogy about fulfilling dreams and, and, and setting goals and, and achieving them. So that's kind of the basis of that. Yeah, Thanks, Mark, for a that. lot of people like that. Uh -huh. <laughs> yes. Mark, I want to ask you the signature question we ask all of our guests here on the podcast. What does leadership and being a leader mean to Mark Kinney? Yeah, I was, I, I was thinking about that, Brian. And you know what comes to mind is for, for a lot of my life, I've grasped onto stuff like, like, like I, I want this outcome or, or I want to be a pilot or I want, you know, the outcome of this leadership opportunity to, I don't know, whatever it is, I want this job, I want this gig, I want this whatever. And I've been thinking, I've been learning to more have open hands, if I can put it that way, like not being so concerned about the outcome, being more concerned about building into the lives of of people and just having open hands, doing my best, serving. I, I think leadership is, you know, Patrick Lencioni talks about, well, all leadership is servant leadership, serving, 
doing my best, bringing people to the destination, but doing it with open hands and and letting go of the of the outcome. That's what comes to mind when you when you ask me that that question. Yeah, it, it makes me think of enjoying the journey. You know, you can be so concentrated on the outcome, you miss all the things that are surrounding you that are so precious and and something you can view on the journey as opposed to just after the end result. Yeah, well, I just turned 50 this year and interesting how your thinking evolves over life, right? It's not so much about achieving this or that. You know, even if I don't achieve this or that, it's the journey that that's there. I, I really like that. I, I like that a lot um, because I think it's it's counterintuitive. Like we want to achieve this, but the way to achieve it actually is to is to let it go and not be so concerned about achieving it. I'm not saying we don't have goals, but when we're so wrapped up into it, it it has a the opposite effect, I believe. Yeah, and, and sometimes you can be selfish and not consider others because you're so intent on that. So I think it's a good exactly. idea to kind of kind of be aware of your surroundings and as you're reaching and achieving goals in your application. And for the listeners, if you ever want to be a guest on the podcast, we go to our website, www.buildcs.net. We have a podcast page and there's an application there. So I've got Mark's application here. And, and in his application, he said, as John Maxwell says, adding values to others, which is that's leading, adding values to others is leading and also having an open hand, which which Mark covered in it. So he remembered that one and he's <laughs> uh, not so concerned about the out thing, but doing the next right thing. And so I like that part of it about doing the next right thing. You covered most of that. I had to get my friend uh, John Maxwell in here. You know, I'm a John Maxwell coach, trainer, and speaker, so I, I'm glad that you uh, you quoted him there. Yeah, and I think that kind of comes to – I think those kind of relate together. It's like it's about doing – and I'm glad you reminded me of what I put in the application there. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm 50 now, so it's hard to remember those things. Just At least that's what my daughter would say. Um, in my mind, those kind of – those go together. It's like having an open hand. I'm more about adding value to others than what I'm going to get in my – in my hands. It's more about doing the next right thing. If we fail, great, do the next right thing. If, if we haven't quite achieved it yet, do the next right thing. If it didn't work out the way we wanted to, just, just do the next right thing. And that to me goes in hand in hand with having a having an open hand and not being so grasping on to what we what we want and how we expect things to turn out. Yeah. And and that, that's a great segue and something else here on your application. I summarized it to hiding from hurt, but I'd love you to tell the story of, of how you hid from hurt. And, and I know a lot of us do that, you know, instead of, you know, there's a time that we need to have for mourning and there's a time we need to, to use that. And it, it's natural and it's part of life, but, but you said you were hiding from hurt. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. It's interesting that you, that you phrase it that way. And I think we all do that, don't we? In some shape or form. Well, when I was a, a teenager, um, I grew up in Wisconsin, hence in my bio, the, the references to Packers and I think cheese was in there and my kids cheese or tease me about that. Well, when I went into high school, I moved to Indiana and uh, about three months after we moved to Indiana, I guess it was about five months. My, my father unexpectedly passed away, like literally overnight um, with a, with, with an asthma attack. Um, so like suddenly like he was gone and I was the oldest. So I was thrust into that, that's not fair. I, was, I wasn't thrust into the role, but I, f I felt the role of being the oldest kid and 
kind of taking care of my brother and sister and being a little more responsible. So I, Brian, I literally um, didn't even cry at first. Like, it's like, I wasn't sure how to handle it. Obviously it was in there, but I put on that, that strong face, if you will, that strong persona or, or a facade and didn't really know how to walk through that. And it wasn't until several years later where, and actually I was watching a movie and there was a scene in the movie about a kid and his dad. And I, it just, everything came out unexpectedly at that point, almost embarrassingly. So, so it's been a long, long story short, it's been a long, you know, a lot of my life was a long journey of, you know, how do I process that and letting some of that out and not learning it's okay to not pretend or learning it's okay to, um, that it's not okay and not having to pretend that everything's okay um, and being okay with that. And that's part of the journey and that's part of life. Life's messy and, and we're all going through that. So let's, let's stop pretending that, that there's not stuff inside that we're all, that we're, that we're all dealing with or have dealt with or, or hurt in there. Um, that, that just, you know, even from a leader standpoint, that just hurts our, our journey as a leader, but more so as a, as a person, as a, as a father myself. That's, that's wonderful market. It, it makes me, it resonates with me that, that hiding from her that I was a troubled youth, wound up in a youth home and, uh, I was the class clown and I realized I was, I was laughing to keep from crying. And mm -hmm. uh, so that was some, some tough times. And, but I've learned that, you know, that was the foundation and I have a sense of humor, you know, but so, so embrace the, the problems you've had in life and recognize they're not there to, to be knock you. The stone's not there to knock you out. It's a stepping stone. Yeah. And they, they shouldn't, in some ways they define you, but because it, we all have those, that's what makes us who we are. I think we're formed through, suffering if i can put it that way i mean who doesn't have something like that but but um when they when they help make up our character as opposed to our whole life is identified by those if that makes sense then i think that can be a healthy thing it's still hurt there but but that's that's who we are as as people yeah it's and then and, and, and like you're saying you know, recognize everyone goes through things. It's you're not unique in the fact that you've had problems in life. Life is messy, as you said. Uh, my local mayor here told me one time that life is a mess, and we try to clean it up, and we make a bigger mess. And and I and I thought that was a great analogy and a great way to put it. Yeah, I like that. And isn't that needed today? Like just acknowledging it's it's a messy. It's a mess. We're all hurting, and I think that's a healthy way to to approach things, even even now as we're sitting here in 2021. We hope you're enjoying today's podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Build Consulting Services. Are you ready to reduce workplace conflict, reduce employee turnover, and increase your productivity? If you're ready to put Brian to work for your company, give him a call at 863-800-9658 or email him at brianb at buildcs.net. Now, back to today's episode. Well, let's transition. Let's 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 talk about your book. You wrote a book called The Hippo Solution. Tell us why you wrote that book. You know what what we can find in that book. Just let the audience know, uh, and then after you get through telling us about it, where where can we find it? Well, I'm originally a IT software guy, 
In fact, my dad was in IT. I, I used to go to his work and he had, they had the big machines with the card readers. That's kind of how I got started in that. Well, in IT, I worked with a number of different companies going in there and implementing software to help with their operations. And, you know, at some point, and actually I remember I was sitting there in a meeting with, a, with an executive working on, on some of his goals and how this software would help. And he's like, why is it so difficult to get people to work together to implement this strategy? And I was like, I'd kind of been feeling something up until that point. And it kind of clarified it for me as like, I just felt like it wasn't making a difference in the world, if I could put it that way. I'm throwing software over the fence, but there's all this misalignment and natural dysfunction because we're all messy. And I wanted to, I wanted to serve by figuring out how to help organizations do that. And I wish I could tell you that like, hey, the next day I wrote this book and figured it out. Literally, it was like 10 years going through it to figure out, you know, I don't know how to do it, but this, I want to figure out how to, how to help organizations with that. So fast forward, that really is the, the origins of the book. So the book is the hippo solution. Hippos represent territorial thinking, which I think we'll get to in a little bit. So it's how do we eliminate that? Like, how do we actually get different people, different groups, different teams, different departments, different divisions to work together? So it feels like we're so we're aligned. So we're accomplishing something together instead of all focus on our own individual priorities and agendas, because we see that so much and it affects morale, it affects productivity, it affects happiness, joy. Um, so that's what the book is about. Like, how do we as leaders eliminate that territorial thinking and unleash what's the what, what what really is the power of teams that is just waiting there waiting to be unleashed that is awesome you know the power of teams to be unleashed is it, it, the power within ourselves to be unleashed just individually it's it's something we just need to be very learn to grow and 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 fertilize and water that but also collectively the teams because then man you can really make things happen when you start multiplication and that's what teams do. So that that's awesome. So you started it. So the territorial thinking, what, what is territorial thinking? You know, why, why should we not have territorial thinking? Well, when we have territorial thinking, you know, a number of things happen. Like we're, we're all focused on our own priorities and agendas. We're, we have different goals. If I could put it this way, we're navigating to the, to different places. So this team is focused on their goals. This team is focused on their goals. Uh, this other team over here is focused on their goals. And so we waste a lot of time and energy and potential by, you know, we start to compete over resources or um, you're in project management, I think, right? Yes. All right. I mean, you, you, I bet you, you deal with having to fight for resources or, or people that are, is that something that you, that you deal with in some of your project management roles? Absolutely. Yeah. And you have to negotiate for those resources in the time you need them and, and, and work with other project managers. It's, 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 it is a challenge, as you say, and you, and, and everyone typically by nature, we are possessive. I mean, we are territorial, you know, Hey, this is my mission. And, you know, you used to hear the old saying, I don't care about them. I care about my project. Exactly. exactly. And that's not going to work in a, in a corporate global mission. If, if everybody's out for their own agenda. Right. And I, I feel like that's the that's the natural bent, like a like a hippo. Right. A hippo. I, I use that as an analogy. 
because they're kind of fun, but they're the most territorial animal out there. Um, they kill more people in Africa than any other mammal. Um, so, but it's their natural bent, like they're natural, naturally territorial. And I think that's our natural bent as well. It's, you know, it's not that we're trying to be mean or overtly territorial. We're just naturally focused on what's best for us, what's best for our team, how we're going to be successful protecting ourselves and our team. I think that's the natural way to look at it, but it creates all this uh, misused energy uh, effort that's that's focused on negotiating. And, and I think a lot of that is because we're focused on our own territories and not going someplace, the same place together as one team, or as General McChrystal would say in his book, a, a team of teams. There's a lot of power in that, but it's so hard to it's so hard to get people aligned around that or aligned around aligned to that extent. Yeah. When I, when I was in the room with John speaking for my John Maxwell training, John used an analogy for this. He said, we're selfish people. And of course, everybody's like, you know, kind of set back, took back. <laughs> and he uses a great example of this. Take a family photo. Who do you first look at in the photo to see if it's a good photo or not? Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yourself. Mm -hmm. If you're smiling, it's a good photo. If you're, if you're frowning, it's a bad photo. If your your eyes are closed. So we, we are by nature. And so we need to be conscientious and aware of that and, and, and try to offset that. I, I want to get to something I found when I was doing some show prep for you, for your interview here, I found a video where you talked about, and this is, this goes to this team building and thinking of others. You said when questioning why your team isn't doing something, reframe the question from why aren't they to why should they? I thought this was phenomenal. I wanted to bring this up in the, in the interview today because wow, the, the power of that, that ref, reframing a question and the reframing the thought in a leader's mind. Tell us, you know, when you arrived at that and, and how it's helped you. Well, I arrived at it because I was about to say a lot of the leaders I worked with would um, blame or um, or or get upset because people weren't working together. But really, I've done the same thing, right? I'm like, why is it? Or a team, maybe I've I've led, or uh, or a group that I'm working. With, why can't they work together, right? That's like the first thing out of my head, and I've heard that a lot. Like, why can't they work together? Why is it so hard to do this? Just here's the strategy. Just do it, but. So, so that just doesn't work. It's like blaming a, a hippo for being a hippo, right? We're naturally going to do it. Of course, they're not going to work together. You've given them a job to do, so they're going to focus on doing their job well and and doing what what's going to make them successful. So have you given them a reason to actually work with other people, to work with for this team to work with these other teams out there? Why in the world should they take the extra effort to do that? There's extra effort to do that. So I think that really helps. Not I think, I know. It really helps to reframe the question in my mind. What have I done as a leader to give them a reason to, you could look at it as expand their territory and achieve something together. If I haven't given them that, then of course they're not going to work with other people. Why, why should they? And I found it's very helpful to change our thinking there instead of just blaming 
people for doing what they're naturally going to do. Like you said, like John Maxwell said, they're naturally going to be selfish looking at their own things. So of course they're not going to work together. Why, why should they? That's the question to, to answer. Yeah. And I, I think it's a great leadership trait to, to first recognize that and then work to bring the team together and aligned so that they can achieve an objective. And, you know, you, you said in your application here, this is a great place to ask this question. What could we accomplish if we can all align together in the application you talked about in the time was where we're talking about 2021 social issues, uh, COVID health issues, overworked, overstressed, all these elements that are just making some very difficult times. Not, not the worst times I'd submit, though. We've had some generations that have been through some world wars that we haven't been through. So we, we're definitely human beings are capable of getting through this and overcoming. But it is a time if we could accomplish, what could we accomplish if we came together? Yeah, I think of, uh, you know, I'm sitting here in my house as a, as a lot of people are in my in my office. And over on that side of the house, it's it's not developed. There's some woods. So people don't see it like from the street or driving up to the house, but we see it. And so there's a bunch of weeds there. And periodically I need to weed whack there. So I'll get out there and weed whack. And I hate that job. I really don't like it, especially in the hot Tennessee summer, but I'll weed whack. And sometimes it gets so thick that the the, the trimmer will get stuck on some weeds, like it would get wrapped up in weeds. And it's such a pain to stop and undo the weed whacker and clean out the weeds and then put it back on and to keep going. That's sometimes I just don't do it, right? I just keep on going, even though I'm like at 50, 60% capacity, if you will, or effectiveness, I just keep going because I don't want to take the time to, to, to clean out the trimmer. That's what it feels like. We're, we're we're working so hard and we have all these issues and, and our response is just to work harder and, and try and figure these out. And, and I think we just need to take a step back, clean out the weed trimmer, do the work, slow down, figure out how we can do this together. Like what is what brings us together? What what are the steps, the variables to move forward together so then we can speed up, like to slow down to speed up. I feel like that's what we need. And we're going to end up being much more successful, much more fulfilled. If you're a company, be able to operate much faster if you take the time to do the work of aligning everyone together, then the sky's the, the limit. You know, we're, we're and I know this is a podcast, it's going to be out there together or, or forever. So there's a lot of different challenges that a listener may hear. One of the challenges now is like, how do we return to work? How do we What's the strategy? Do we come in the office? Do we not? Well, if we focus on aligning people, making sure teams, individuals, everyone is healthy, then that doesn't matter as, as much. If, if we're doing the hard work of getting everyone aligned, getting teams healthy, we're all working together, then the strategy is kind of going to take care of itself and it's not quite as important. I'm not saying it's not important, but I'm saying when we focus on the health and alignment, it makes a lot of that stuff easier and we can get through it a lot a lot faster and easier. Yeah. And I, I, that your analogy of the weeder, you know, if you get things cleaned up, that you're going to be more effective and more efficient with a team than, than if they're struggling and they're suffering and all those other things that they're, they're not going to be less, they're going to be less productive, of course. Well, Mark, we've reached that time in the show. We've got to wrap things up. I'm going to bring up your website for those that are watching on YouTube. For, if you're listening today, it's markkinneyspeaks.com. We'll include that in the show notes. But tell everyone what they can find at your website, Mark. 
So they can find uh, information on what I speak about, and they can find um, clips of me speaking. They can find information on how to get my book, uh, information on the uh, the consulting company I have. I work with with leaders to align organizations and build stronger leadership teams. You can find all of that there, and there's some resources there as well, that some videos and so forth that people can can download to to start working on aligning their own teams and their own organizations. That's magnificent. I encourage all the listeners, go check that out. Find out more about Mark. Do me a favor. If you're, you've listened to this podcast today. You've heard some nuggets that Mark has dropped. Share this podcast with your family and friends. Subscribe to our podcast. Make sure you're getting these updates. As a reminder, this podcast is going to every other week. We've been with you for 120 straight weeks, and we're going to convert to an every other week podcast. Go to our website, buildcs.net. You can see what we offer there, our events, our speaking engagements. We thank you for listening to the podcast today. Remember to build yourself and then build others. Want to learn how to build yourself and build your team? Visit www.buildcs.net and learn about Brian's programs, special offers, and more. Build yourself and then build others.